from Troy Public Radio, this is In Focus, and I'm Carolyn Hutchison. As concern mounts over Ukraine and its citizens fleeing the Russian invasion, Britain is also coping with the deaths of the late monarch and her husband. Joe Borg joins us today to talk about his observations from a recent trip to the Baltic countries, and he shares a bit of his family's friendship with the late Prince Philip. Joe Borg, a regular guest on The Exchange, joins us by Skype. Joseph Borg, welcome back to Troy Public Radio. Always great to visit with you by Skype. Carolyn, always a pleasure to be with you. Thanks for having me. Joe, we heard the recent news about the passing of Britain's Queen Elizabeth. Do you know anything about that family? Interestingly enough, my father, who was fairly well known on the island of Malta, he was a sportscaster at one time and heavily involved in certain political circles. And my uncle, my father's brother, was also the attorney general of Malta. So we're talking a long time ago. My dad knew Prince Philip. How did he know him? Well, he used to travel to Malta. The island of Malta back then was a English territory. It was under the British Empire. And my dad actually started the Maltese Rangers soccer club for the island, and Prince Philip was a soccer buff. So they had met in Malta and knew each other. And I guess I also knew my uncle, who was the attorney general. But my dad would tell stories about Prince Philip coming over to visit, and they would go to a soccer game, or they would talk. And so, you know, our condolences to the royal family and the longest-serving monarch in the world, I think, at the time of her passing. And she died within months of her husband. Well, I want to thank you for sharing that memory with your listeners. Joe, recently you took a vacation trip with your lovely wife to the Baltics. We did. Renee and I, in uh, June and July, were, were gone for several weeks, and we started in Stockholm, and we stopped in Finland and Helsinki, but then we stopped in Lithuania, and we stopped in Estonia, and we stopped in Latvia, and then we went on to Gdansk, Poland, and then on to Germany, and then on to uh, Copenhagen, Denmark. Yes, so we had quite a quite a trip. Did you hear any talk about Sweden and Finland joining NATO at that time? You know, interestingly enough, that was a big topic of conversation in the two countries. Certainly, there was at least the groups we were with uh, on the local level, meaning, you know, if we went to a restaurant or, you know, a show or touring and talking to the locals, they were extremely interested. And it seems the ones we talked to anyway uh, were all in favor. And in fact, one said we should have done it a long time ago. One interesting fact came up. One of the local residents, who obviously was was a professional, I don't know if he was a lawyer or or a CPA or something equivalent, was telling me, well, you know, Sweden back in, and he gave a year like 1980-something or 1990-something, I forgot what year he said, the Swedish government decided at that time that now that the Cold War is over, there was never going to be another problem. So we never put a whole lot of money into defense spending. He said, now that this is all come up with Ukraine, we are spending money like crazy to build up armed forces and 
and Air Force and things of that nature. Now, I don't know how true that all is, but that was his impression, and that he was of the opinion that they should have been doing that all along, and obviously was very much in favor of Sweden joining NATO and couldn't wait to get that done because he thought that was a good security measure for the country. In Finland, uh, talking to them, it was very interesting while we were there. It looked like the Finnish Air Force was doing maneuvers almost every day because you could always see planes in the sky. Um, somebody said, oh, they're just doing a lot more training exercises than they used to do. And that was the comment. But the folks we talked to, overwhelmingly supportive of the fact that the two countries should join NATO. When you visited Poland, Poland is receiving a lot of refugees from Ukraine. Did you observe how they were handling that? Oh, my goodness. Um, when we got to Gdansk and we were doing touring around and, and walking through the town, we came across an area where it's one of the relief centers for uh, the Ukrainians coming on in from the war-torn country. I mean, it looks like they were taking them in like by the hundreds of thousands. So it was quite an effort. But I was interested in seeing how this uh, relief program worked. Um, I was talking to somebody just on the street, and they were telling me that the relief center is open, I don't know if they said two or three days a week and things like that, but they're open from certain hours. But And it just so happened it was open when we were walking by. And quite honestly, it was very organized, and it looks like there were plenty of volunteers. Now, I don't know where the money comes from or how it supplies, but you could tell the folks that were there you know, were very, uh, in, very appreciative of what uh, the Poles were doing to help them with, with this program. It reminded me like a big Walmart, you know, and you got your stuff and checked out. I, I don't know how they how they accounted for things or stuff like that because I actually didn't go in to, to look at it. But when I asked about it, it was like, oh, yes, we're doing these all over the country. We've got certain locations, and they're open on certain days, and they can come in with their list of everything from groceries to to diapers, I think. Uh, it also sounded like they were giving them some sort of chits for expense money and medical care and things like that. Obviously, it's quite a relief effort. Um, interestingly enough, whether you went to Latvia or Lithuania or Estonia or Poland, support for Ukraine was everywhere. You know, you could see the Ukraine flags up. You could see posters up. Everybody was talking about supporting Ukraine incredible amount of support. So yeah, it seemed to me like the relief effort was quite extensive in Gdansk when we were there. Now, that said, you know, who knows how long that continued? That's an expensive proposition. I'm not sure anybody ever thought this Ukraine war would last this long, but when we were there and that would have been the first part of July, it was amazing to me how organized it seemed, how orderly it was. And everybody was waiting their turn, and they efficiently went through, got their supplies, got whatever other stuff they needed to do, and went on their way. Um, I also was told that the Polish government was working on all sorts of projects for housing. Again, I'm talking to folks on the street or somebody just asking questions because I was curious what it was. But I found it fascinating that the relief effort was as extensive as it was. When Troy University hosted the NATO 70th anniversary conference, I interviewed the ambassadors from Romania and Lithuania. Did you find much NATO talk? 
there was a lot of NATO talk, but I didn't find it that it was they were so concerned that the U.S. would not support NATO, and that may be just a change in when you talk to them versus when I talk to them. We have had a change of administration, and I think there's a different point of view at this point. It appeared to me that they were not so much concerned that U.S. would not support NATO as opposed to let's get Finland and Sweden in NATO and make this stronger. Joe, are there any other parting thoughts you would like to share with your listeners about that trip and about those interactions? Well, I I will tell you that just in general, uh, going to some of these countries and seeing the medieval type old towns and the history that's there. But I found all the people to be friendly and willing to engage. The food is excellent, by the way, any place we went. All I could say is the support for Ukraine and when they found out we were Americans, they may have brought in some politics here or there, but all in all, they were very supportive of Americans. We felt welcome. Yeah, we certainly enjoyed our trip, and I'm sure we're going to end up going back to some of these countries. Well, I want to thank you for sharing your firsthand observations about what's going on in the Baltics. So thank you for joining us today by Skype. Always a pleasure, Carolyn, and thank you very much. That was Joseph Borg, who usually joins us as a regular guest on Monday's The Exchange. Thank you for joining us today for In Focus, which is now a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carolyn Hutchison, and this is listener-supported Troy Public Radio.